Welcome to I'll Let You Finish with Courtney and Amy. We are back for a new episode. We're back for a really interesting discussion. You know, we originally had planned a really great music show. We wanted to get back on track and laugh and talk to you guys about music, what we do best. And then, you know, the the recent events of the last 10 days have kind of rocked our worlds a little bit. So we try to figure out what type of show do we do? What do we talk about? And then we just decided, you know, we're two New Yorkers. We've seen a lot of things. Let's just have an honest discussion and talk about it, you know. So, Amy, I, you know, I kept trying to talk to Amy and really make sense of so much shit, you know. And it's like you realize that this just brings up so much. You know, from the pandemic at first, I was feeling really crazy because it reminded me of my days of being a teenager into my early 20s of New York and the AIDS epidemic and my friends getting sick and just illness permeating the world and nobody knowing what's going on. And, you know, there's always racism, like, you know, dealing, I've been dealing with racism my whole life in some form or another. And now we see another image of a black American being treated in such an inhumane way that it's like enough is enough. Like how much more do we take? And why is it very interesting that I notice you can watch. Here's, here's an example. I was watching, um, I was watching Friday the 13th. It was coming on one of the over the air channels. And on one of the movies, there's a scene where, you know, uh, the girl comes in, she finds her friend's dead body. Now we see her friend is dead, his head split open on the floor, but her shirt is wet. And because her shirt is wet and it's over the air, they're blurring her chest. But the violence wasn't blurred. Anything of sexuality. And it got me to thinking about this country and the way black people and, and Latino people and, and others have been treated. And this country is built on violence. We're okay with showing you violence. We're okay with showing you black people essentially being murdered on TV over and over and over again. While at the same time, we claim to be these puritanical Christian people that need to shield from the realities of certain parts of life. Now, I just don't know, Amy. I don't, I don't, I think that, um, I will never lose faith, but I can't believe at almost 53 years old, we're still having the same conversations. Well, I, I think it's, it's very interesting because, um, you know, I'm a little bit older and, uh, came of age, grew up, you know, remember the night Martin Luther King was killed, remember, or, you know, when Robert Kennedy was killed. And I'm very thankful that I was raised in a household where we discussed things like this, uh, where we discussed racism, where my mother, the night, and this is not to absolve, I'm not saying this to have a great white, look at me, you know, look at me, I'm so good. But, you know, I remember the night Martin Luther King was killed. She took us to a local black church, my sister and I, you know, so we could, you know, this was our neighborhood. But I have been thinking you know, I think about it, you know, I, I think about this all the time. This is not like this is my first time uh, thinking about this. It, you can't help but think about it if you're a conscious human being, and especially for myself because I have spent 
um, the majority of my adult life, I would say, uh, being a white person in a black world in terms of the, the music I cover, the culture I like, the neighborhood I lived in, the schools that my son went to. So I am not, I hope, um, blind to this, you know. But that said, um, I think that this has had a huge impact for many reasons, one of which is that we have been indoors for three months, and so everyone is sort of introspective whether they want to be or not. Secondly, of course, that we're seeing it. And this just, I think, the, in, the incident with George Floyd, even if you're ambivalent about the role of the police, and, and so this was just beyond, there is no ambiguity in what we saw. And it's magnified, uh, first off, by the location. It's in Minneapolis, which is not a city that anybody associates with strife, even though you would have to talk to a black person in Minneapolis to see what it's really like. And the well, remember, Philando, well, Philando Castile was right. two years ago. That's, that's Minneapolis yeah. as well. Right. But it's the casualness. Of this, I don't even want to say the officer's name because, as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't warrant even identification. But it was the casualness. This, 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 there's an expression that a, a philosopher a million years ago, Jeremy, talked about the banality of evil. That the evil you have to be afraid of is the evil that is just done sort of without any malice, just because you know you can do it. And him with his hand in his pocket and just Everything but whistling Dixie. It was but the most people, right, with bystanders, bystanders begging for the man's life, begging, begging. for George Floyd's life, begging right. a, a grown man calling for for his mother. Do you know what the one thing that I was really grateful for? And I know this may sound macabre and this may sound odd, but for me, I thought, okay. I'm so glad that his mother is deceased in this moment because I know for any mother or father, losing a child is the ultimate nightmare. No parent is supposed to bury their child. Right. But it is every black mother's nightmare to yeah. see their child hurt. But for a black mother, and this is what has been affecting a lot of black mothers, hearing him calling out for his mother. And right. I think that if his mother was a, alive to hear, like, how do you recover from hearing just the inhumaneness? It's like he's calling for his mother. People are, like, saying you're, you're killing him. And they're just, it was just so casual. And I know that people, you know, you, you see these things on TV all of the time and, you think, oh, wow, that's, you know, horrible. Most incidents are really fast. They seem long, but they're very quick. This is to eight have, minutes and 46 seconds. To eight have your, I don't think people understand the amount of time that really is in an incident to have your knee into the neck of someone and their face is pressed against the ground for that amount of time. A person who's cuffed, a person whose crime was allegedly, alleged crime was a counterfeit $20 bill. 
Right. Well, this speaks that. I mean, there's so many things that this speaks to, but this speaks to, look, crime is down in this country nationwide. It has been down for quite some time. New York City crime is down in terms of major crime. What uh, this, There's been many discussions that have been coming up, and I, I wanted to mention this and then just jump to something really quickly. But one of the discussions that's coming up is that the increasing militarization of the police force, and when a man is allegedly passing a fucking $20 bill, okay, a $20 bill, and you need four cops, and you need to arrest him? I mean, come on, the... the, the this is not the response. This was not a man holding people hostage. This was not a man with a weapon. This was not a man caught in the act of raping. I mean, you know. But this is what it is. And I want people to look at it. I want them to see it and understand. This is what people of color have been taught. I'm going to stop saying people of color. I don't say people of color. Black people. I don't call myself African-American. I don't have a problem if that's what you want to call yourself. I'm black. I'm black. This is what black people have been saying over and over and over again. There are thousands of George Floyds, unfortunately. There have been. The only difference is there was no camera for you to see it. Let's just be honest. This is why Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee. And when I look at all of the people, and and this is what I wanted to say to all of my white friends and all of the white listeners and, that we have on this show. Stop thinking yourselves as an ally in this fight and get in the fight because the issue is white people. And you guys have to talk to each other and start rooting that shit out and not finding it acceptable for some of the things that happen when none of us are around. And it cannot be up to black people anymore to just take this fight or to stand and take a knee and try to tell you this is happening in our communities. Please listen to us. And every way we've tried to protest, people have found something wrong. Every way. No one's wanted to deal with it. Well, we just don't like it if you do this because that's disrespecting you. Well, we don't like it when you do that. So now you see it in your face. Here it is. This is what we're talking about. A literal knee. I am really disappointed when I see somebody like Mike Pence talk about being here for racism and we don't condone this. And it's like, you know what? When you were at a football game and you came and pulled that stunt waiting for Kaepernick to take the knee and then you left, your your what you should have done as vice president of the United States is be like, I need to talk to this young man. They're trying to say something. Everybody got their panties in a bunch about the flag. But nobody ever talks about how when black people were constantly and still lynched in this country. There have been flags waving at their feet and over their head and behind their back from buildings as they were swinging from trees. So I am so tired of people making the fabric of the flag, which is supposed to stand for all of us, more important when people have been saying over and over again, enough. Like, and, and we're here. It's like you cannot care about black culture more than you care about black people. I'm done. And black people, it is time. No more excuses. We don't need to be saved by anybody. Stand up. That's it. And I need you all to understand to the, the importance of your voice at the ballot and to vote and not just the presidential race. Here's the thing, black people. Here's the thing, white people. Here's the thing, Latino people. Here's the thing, young people, that you all need to know. All 
politics that affect where you live and how you live is local. It is not the president. So you thinking you show up to a presidential election, you've done something, that has nothing to do with who's hiring your police chief and the judges and all of those things that are voted elected positions locally. That is how you start to make the change. And some of you need to get involved and be get into politics and make change. And all of you Democrats, stop voting, and Republicans, we need to stop voting for the same old people that have been in office seven thousand years you see this new energy that you want you see these new young people trying to run with new ideas stop laughing at them and give them a shot we keep putting the same people in and we want different results go to the polls every time your primaries you need to vote for your mayor you need to know who your city council people are you should know who your 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 house of representative person is you should be on every list. You should know what's going on in your community board. That's how you know who your police chief is and know what's going on in your neighborhood and let them know that you're not going to stand for this anymore. That's how you know that if people know if things in your city are not right, you're going to vote them out. You guys wait for the president, like the president. Everybody thought that Obama was supposed to come in and be some miracle worker and just wave this wand and all of black people's problems were going to be gone. No, you've got to get in this race. It is off and running, and here we are. Sorry, Amy, didn't mean to go on such a long tangent, but I'm very passionate about all of this. Um, so something I did the other day, um, because I have been struggling with this in a different way, obviously, because I am white, and by mm -hmm. virtue of white, I have a privilege that I am well aware of, right. um, no matter how cool my record collection is. Um, or how many black guys I've dated, or the fact that, you know, I, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm white, okay? I've got privilege. Um, so something I had been struggling with, and I had reached out, because the protests are very much centered in my neighborhood because I live in Brooklyn, and I have not gone to any of them, and I will be quite honest, only because of COVID. If there was not COVID, I would at least be at one of them, but, you know, I... Maybe I'm being overly cautious, but I am in a risk category, and I, I feel like I can I have solidarity in a different way. But my son has gone, so I'm glad for that. All right. So one of the things I've been struggling with is this discussion of people talk about being an ally. And being an ally is more than clicking on a meme. Being an ally has to be more, because it's not a black person's job to explain racism to me. It's a white person's job to figure out how to fucking deal with it. Because, you know, it's just not, I'm not supposed to go to you like you're Morgan Freeman and go, heal me. Please heal me. So I, I'm very grateful that I have a, a wide circle of friends and that I read publications and, and websites that are outside of mainstream. And I started looking at things that would be important to read. And I would be very, I'm not going to lie, that sometimes I used to look at stuff like that and go, oh, my God, it's so liberal. PC nonsense, but I started looking at them, and one of the things that was suggested to read was the New York Times 1619 Project, which came out about a year ago. It was part of the magazine section. I only get the New York Times online, so I hadn't read it, but a friend of mine gave me the actual physical copy, and I started reading it, and I consider myself, you know, I'm fairly smart. I know basic American history. And I, I'm telling you, Courtney, I was fucking floored. 
explored, and, and it is available online. I believe it's free. It won the Pulitzer this year. 1619 is the year that the slaves first came to the United States, uh, came, were brought here. And um, what you begin to realize, or what I always knew, but it just drives it home, is that, you know, the game has been rigged from the second a, an imprisoned black person, African person, put foot on American soil. It is embedded in the system. It is in the racism and the discrimination and the unequal justice system. The police were always meant to be a controlling force. And, and the government has always, from redlining to the schools, to go down the list, check, 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 check. And, and it's just embedded in the system and the, and the, and the, and the extent that it's embedded. I mean, I'm not naive. I knew it was, but the extent that it's embedded, that, you know, a lot of Americans, a lot of white Americans think slavery is done. Martin Luther King, if I see one more Martin Luther King uh, quote, by the way, I'm going to, like, pull the hair out of my head. But it's all done. He waved the wand. We had a black president. We were all good. Well, a lot of people think that racism, if it's not hearing the word nigger, right, nigger, that's what it needs to be. If it's not right. that, or, they don't. Or that, or that people, it's like, well, black people can vote. I right. Mean, and they, what's the big deal? It's you like know? they like, don't understand that it's, it's bigger than that. And, and part of me, in some way, in, a, in, in an educated way, I guess, would, I would say, gets that some shit is so institutionalized that if you're born into it and you're white, you don't you even don't realize, realize some of the things that you're saying are doing is wrong. So p- people keep saying to you, this is it. And you're like, but it's always been that way. Yeah, like, you don't realize. But I yeah, think you have. Somebody, yeah, it, it, it's almost analogous. That, you know, like if you grew up recycling, and this is a very um, thing. If you grew up recycling and you always recycled, then you can't go, really? You, people didn't always do this? Right. Really? And so for me, it's like it is finally time. It is high time for you to listen to the people who keep constantly saying the same thing over and over again. And you know what? I, and I saw it recently. There's an interview that happened on Good, Good, Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan, and I believe it was Alex who does the weather, who is he, – he's, he's, he's black. And they got into it. It was a whole – it was a whole back and forth about the treatment of Meghan Markle in the press. Like you see how with Catherine's wedding, everything was like, oh, it's so beautiful. With Meghan's, it was, she's making this one cry. The way the coverage was like the evil black woman. And when Alice kept trying to explain it to Piers, they got into it back and forth. And Piers' energy was almost like, well, I just don't see it. And, and I think that's been a big issue, even like with Drew Brees stepping in it and trying to do two different apologies. It's like, you know what? Even when you literally saw a knee on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, you still don't see it. Your answer is, I'll never stand for anybody disrespecting the flag. It's like the thing that's crazy about that to me, and I've always wanted to say this out loud, is white people don't own the military. Okay, like a lot of black people went into the military. My brother was in the military. I have a bunch of cousins that were in the military, uncles that were in the military. There are a lot of black families that are military families. 
Nobody was was trying to disrespect the military. And I find it really, 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 really interesting that it is easier to think that and to go right to that and to the flag to just ignore the people saying it's actually because of police brutality and how we're being policed in our neighborhood. People are telling you, this is what it is. And you're like, nope, you're dissing the flag. You don't love our military. It's like, no, actually, it's about police brutality. Why is it easier still? Because that came out of his mouth so easily. Just like Amy Cooper, we watched her so easily go into, okay, I'll just get hysterical on the phone. And it's an African-American man. I'm feeling threatened. She's dragging the dog. He's standing very calmly in one space asking her not to come near him. And we watched her put herself right into hysterical place knowing I have a weapon. I have a weapon. And it was organic. And she flipped into it. We saw it. We watched it. Organic. And if you're a black man, you've dealt with some form of that. You've dealt with the, my favorite is, always the women who just grab their purse a little tighter. It's like, if I'm a robber, you grabbing your purse tighter is not going to do anything. Or my personal favorite is always the, when I'm walking and then you can tell they're in front of me and you can tell they're nervous. They keep looking back. So they do the thing where they just stop. Don't get on the phone. Don't do it. They just stop to let me pass when I get a certain distance and start walking again. And I'm always thinking, well, if I was the killer, you stopping just made it easier. For, like, are you waiting for me to get you? I've never understood. My thing would always be to maybe walk faster if I put somebody behind me was the killer. But it's just little microaggressions that happen over and over and over and over and over again where you just kind of look at stuff and you go, what do you see when you see me? I'm just like, what do you see? You know? Yeah. Um, well, obviously that is not something that's, you know, I'm aware of that. And um, I'm aware of it in the terms of having seen it, having been with people when they are pulled over. Um, it's an experience that I, I would actually say, and I don't, well, I, I, I think that actually a lot, well, I don't want to get into the Colin Kaepernick thing, but I do think that more people understand it and agree with it than don't agree with it. But that's a whole nother, that's a, a whole nother thing. And I, and I also want to, I think one of the things that made the George Floyd, um, incident murder, really that hit people and again it's 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 yes it was the video and the length of time but that he called for his mother because every mother knows what that you know that it suddenly became oh my god right. i'm watching someone die for fuck's sake i'm watching someone die that you know yesterday during the memorial i didn't watch the entire memorial but i watched part of it and at the end of it they um um, Sharpton asked everyone to stand for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Well, I didn't stand because I was in my house. But I didn't do anything for eight minutes and 46 seconds. That is a long time. Yes. Now, think about that amount of time, pressure on your neck, and you can't breathe. And you've passed out three minutes, some odd minutes into it, and the person is staying on your neck. And when somebody says, should we turn him over, you say no. And settle in. Training officer. That's, there's such 
Look, there's so much perversity in all this. The perversity is that uh, Mr. Floyd had COVID. So he was the he was being assaulted by a disease that is hitting and killing black and brown people more than white people, though it's, you know, so he was a victim of a shitty healthcare system. He was a victim of the current employment crisis, and he was a victim of police brutality, and again, a police force that whether it's in Bredin, there is a, um, a culture, or whether it's being encouraged in a lot of ways, a police force that is increasingly militarized, that has no idea how to de-escalate. This is why people are calling for the defunding of police force, which, of course, the right is taking as, they don't want us to have cops. No, but if we have no, if crime is down, you don't need the amount of people on the street. Yeah, but, you know, is crime down or is it underreported in certain neighborhoods? That's all I'm going to say about that. Real talk. Well, uh, well, all right, I'm talking about the type of crime that warrants four officers coming and arresting someone. When the police, when the mayors are saying we don't need all these cops, not all, but some, Gil Garcetti just took a whole lot of money out of the L.A. budget. So I don't know whether crime, I mean, I can only judge anecdotally from what I see. There is obviously still crime. Um but I'm just saying there's some underserved neighborhoods still in, in this country and in, and in this state and in New York City. Listen, it's a complicated issue, right? It really is. It's like when you hear somebody saying, first of all, I'm so frustrated. I'm just frustrated because we have to vote this administration out because they standing up there. This administration doesn't feel like there's a problem with systematic racism in in the way people are policed in this country. So that already lets you know there's going to be a roadblock trying to change anything while these people are in office. So everybody needs to look at that and say, if you really want change, start at your local levels, all of those elections. We need to we need the Senate. We need the House. We need all of those local Senates and houses. You need them. You need them even more than you need the presidency. You need them. That's where the decisions are made. Because I just, I watch all of this, and it's like, okay, I'm glad that you guys did not let the looters come in here because, and, and overtake completely the movement. The movement still goes on. The looters have stolen their shit. They did what they do. They're gone. You got, but you got to keep going. This can't peter out. It has to grow, and it has to grow all the way through the election. And it's up to young people. And for those men who took this opportunity to beat up Ayanna Dior in the trans woman who was jumped by like 30 men in Minnesota, fuck you and shame on you all. That was a really, really weak, weak, weak moment. And, you know, I had a debate with a friend last night. At first it was like, well, why didn't anybody jump in? And then you think, wow, you know. How do you jump in when there's third? Like you need a group of people to stop thirty people from beating someone. Like I couldn't even watch that whole video. I I can't watch these videos of 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 people being beat and killed. It's like we're so used to seeing violence that you'll blur out titties, but watching black people being killed on TV or watching and here's the thing, people, and all of my people, my Latins, my Asians, my Asian people. 
We need you in this fight. You knows what you guys know what this fight is. You know when you walk down the street, everybody just wants to think you're all Chinese. They people don't actually want to ever think because of your outward appearance that you're born in America and that you're just as American as them. You need to be in this fight. This fight is for everybody. Look at how a 75-year-old white man in Buffalo was shoved so hard by the police and hit his head on the ground. He's in the hospital. It wasn't even necessary. And did you see when he tried to go over to him, the one cop just pulled him away? I'm just like, what are we seeing here? It's like, do not be gaslit by, oh, it's something different than what you see. Or what's the other one they always do to us, Amy? Well, you don't know what happened before the tape started. But I know right. what I saw in the six minutes, the ten minutes, the four minutes that the tape was rolling. Or yeah. what's the other good one that we always get, Abe? The, they had body cameras, but they weren't on. Right. Well, that's, I mean, what, what someone pointed out, the arrogance of knowing, imagine knowing you're being filmed. It's almost like the equivalent of robbing something, standing in front of the, the, the CCTV and going, hey, I just robbed something. Here's my right. address, by the way. If you need to find me, fuck you. So it's this arrogance of like, well, we put a couple cameras on. Well, they can turn the cameras off. They're not like hot-wired to their, you know, their nervous system. Right. And again, I... I don't, you know, I just think it's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be Pollyanna because this is not a Pollyanna moment, but I will say that watching the, the shift in the first couple of days were scary because there were people taking advantage of a situation, I think. Which I think always happens. They're, they're, they're yeah. always, they're, that's a professional network when some shit goes down because they use Signal and WhatsApp and they have those groups, and it's a professional thing. You know, it's a, those are the, listen, there's always going to be criminals and crimes of opportunity because, you know, whenever there are riots, it's like anarchy for a little bit. I hate it, not my part, but I definitely understand that it comes with it. And people, there are people who are legitimately angry, and then you have your criminals who do things like loot up a whole pharmacy in your hood. So it's like, okay, great, that's a black neighborhood. All of those people there you just stole all the insulin, their high blood, like how, how, how's your grandmother going to get her high blood pressure medicine? Where's she supposed to get it from now? Where's your aunt or your mother supposed to get her insulin or your brother? It's like, really, that to me is just protect your, protect your business. You notice they did not do that in Harlem. Harlem, Harlem people did not play that. And when I, when they had a protest in Harlem, when a couple of people tried to maybe throw some things, the crowd did not let it happen. Harlem was like, we, we will protect our neighborhood. It's like, you're not going to just rip through our neighborhood and start just looting our stores. We're not going to let it happen. Right. Um, I, I think, again, I think the focus, you know, went to that. Right. Um, and, and I can understand, I have, this is, I have no qualm with setting a police station on fire if the, you know, if people are out of it. I don't want to see loss of life. I have no qualm. You're throwing a brick through Whole Foods, whatever. The store was closed anyway. I really don't. I do no, well, obviously have to I, listen, I don't have a problem with the anarchy part. I have a problem with the, the people who came in and it was a complete, all right, now we're hitting these stores, we're going to rob, we're stealing because they, you, like, you're doing this in the name of, of, of this, horrific incident and then you've gone to black stores and and you just you just didn't care so you're just a bunch of criminals who are like this wasn't about protest this was okay 
protests are happening, crimes of opportunity. That's different than smashing windows and wanting to be heard and buildings being set on fire and being like, you will hear us, like your violence begets violence. Is it right? No, but guess what? This country is founded and built on violence. It is. And we will show you violence every day. You can't see a tit, but we will show. Honey, put a tit on Instagram, they'll pull it off. But put some shit on there, something being killed or something, a horrible video, and there you go. Because we don't, we're not scared of violence. These are real images. Like, I think it is time for everybody to take off the rose-colored glasses and to understand, yeah, shit is fucked up. So it's time to start dealing with it. And we all have to deal with it. It is not just a black issue. It's an everybody issue. Right. What I was going to say about the looters, though, is that I, I was going to say that, and then, but I have no, I, I cannot condone you know, there's, yes, there's an obvious difference between I am politically motivated, I'm pissed, and I understand that, of course, and then I just need a new pair of, of you know, I want the new Gucci handbag. There's right. a huge difference between that. Um, in the last week, I would say, and specifically since the other officers were arrested and charged, there has been, from my observation, both from what I'm seeing on television and what I'm witnessing in my neighborhood, a market shift. Um, I have a tremendous amount of admiration for the dedication and the commitment and what this crowd looks like, thousands and thousands and thousands of people every single day in the rain, in, in you know, being faced by really fucking anarchist cops are marching. And I have a tremendous amount of admiration for that, and which is why I wish I could be there. You know, but again, um, but, and, all right, you know, as a mother and as somebody who's, like, managed to dodge. Yeah, I want to ask you that question. You know what? As a white woman and as a mother, what did you feel when you heard that George Floyd calling for his mother? What what, what did you feel? Well, I mean, as I said before, I mean, it's brutal. I mean, it's absolutely, it's brutal. It's the most visceral reaction somebody can have. It's absolutely brutal. I did not know at the time when I heard the story that his mother had passed. Right. So it was brutal on so many levels. To to think that his mother was alive and he was trying to call out for somebody that could save him, you know, uh, figuratively. But then to know that his mother had passed and he was almost calling out to, like, Mom, I'm coming to you. Right. I'm coming to you because, it, no, it was absolutely brutal. There's, you know, it was absolutely brutal on so many levels. And listen, I mean, you, you would have to just be completely soulless to not be impacted by any of the murders. Brianna, uh, Brianna Taylor, the young, sorry, I can't pronounce, who was killed jogging. Um, you would have to be, you know. Ahmad, yeah. Thank you. Murdered, hunted down like some sort of shit, sick deliverance thing by a bunch of rednecks in a pickup truck. It reminded me of that man who was murdered years ago who was tied to the back of the truck and uh, in Texas and dragged down the street. Yeah, I mean it's gotten it's almost. Oh, there was an image I saw recently of 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 a of, of black guy with being led away by cops on horses. They were on horseback, and he was, like, on his, like, with yeah, rope yeah. around them. And I'm like, this is America. 
And people need to stop acting like it's not. I, I hate when people would say people are playing the race card. It's like, guys, you guys have handed out a whole deck. You cannot call somebody playing the race card when our realities are different. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I always try to remain hopeful that each death is not in vain and that, yeah, people want to say this feels different. Okay, I've heard that before, right? But I want to stay hopeful that people understand, you know what? Yeah, it's time we got to talk about this shit. Because this younger generation, I think that they're fighting for their rights. They don't want to live like that. And it's going to take the young people. A lot of older people are set in their ways and they feel like they know what they know and they pick, they've taken their side. Young people are still optimistic and idealistic and it is up to them to get involved. And it's really up to them to also become community leaders and be involved in, in local politics and be part of, be part of the change that you want to see. You know, you can't just wish it. It's not just a Instagram, put a black picture here. I am a man this here and I am this here. That is great for social media, but that doesn't mean shit in real life. Get your hands dirty. We got to get in this race. Got to get in this fight. And it's not just about giving your money. It's about time and digging in. Like we have to make this a better world for the kids. We just have to, because right now it's like, the world we're, that, that we're leaving them with is complete shit. And Donald Trump has completely, this is the problem with sowing the seeds of racism and thinking that it's funny and using it to fucking get elected. It's like, you can't put that genie back in the box, but now it is time for us to fucking do the work and root this shit out and make changes because it just, just can't keep happening. Like, if, if you can get away, like we've seen cops get a, be, be, you know, the thing is, we've seen cops get away in times when we've seen shit on video and everybody thought there is no way that they can get off. And then they do. So this case is not a slam dunk. Okay. So everybody has to stay engaged because it's not a slam dunk. Yeah. Well, as Keith Ellison said as much, and I think that was very important, um, for um, the district attorney, I think it was very important for him to say, like, this is going to take a lot of time. We are. This is not going to be, you know, instant gratification. This is going to take months, and it's going to be difficult and brutal. But it's it's going to because this has to be gotten right. This has to be the perfectly present, which is fucked up because it shouldn't have to be because it's so obvious they're guilty. But we know what we're dealing with. We know there are different rules. You know, there's a reason why it's a capital crime to kill a cop as opposed to to, to kill, you know, um, an EMT worker, I think. I mean, I think there's just different rules and we're aware of that. But so this has to be done perfectly. But I, 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 again, and I'm not a Pollyanna person at all, and I've been through the assassinations of presidents, the assassinations of leaders, turmoil, you know, marched on. I, I am very inspired by what I'm seeing. I'm inspired by the conversations I'm seeing in the interviews um, where I see young black people and young white people and the white people, the young white people, very aware that they have a privilege and they are there to show, you know what, I'm with my friend here, but it's also all of our fight. And I'm not saying that there isn't racism among young people. I'm not saying there isn't preconception. I'm not saying that at all. 
but I'm very inspired. It's happening not just in major cities. I mean, think about it. Around the world. Right. I mean, I mean, okay, it is a perfect storm in terms of, to be mm-hmm. cynical, in terms of protest, because nobody's working, nobody's got to right. where we've been trapped, in, trapped inside. But guess so, what? There's racism people, everywhere. People are over it everywhere. People are tired of feeling oppressed everywhere. No, I'm, I'm not saying there's not racism everywhere. What I'm saying is the protest, there is a perfect storm of situations that are Absolutely. lending, lending yeah. itself to activism. Yeah. And there is an awareness. The social media, as much as it is annoying in a lot of ways, is lending this in immediacy for people who could not witness it in many ways. You know what I mean? They can see it happening in real time. And this is a generation that reacts to things in real time. They don't, they're not thinking above and beyond, you know, beyond things. It's real time. So I am, look, is it going to be? I always stay hopeful. Like you. I want, well, I'm just inspired by it. Yeah. I really am. And again, I feel bad that I can't be there. I don't have money to donate, but I am doing other things. But I'm keeping conversations up. Which is, I, real, which is a big part and an important part. And guess what? It is about the young people. I'm hopeful for them. Every movement, the gay rights movement was young people. Civil rights was young people. Like Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, those were young men. These are young people. Young people right. are always the future because they see a world that they're just really entering as far as being young adults, and they're shaping how they want to live, and they're not trying to be limited to those same things. And guess what? We still, still shouldn't be living with that same bullshit. I don't care. Listen, if you don't like black people, that is fine. Go live in your town. Do whatever. I have no problem with whatever that is. But you should not have any say with whether what kind of gig I get. You don't need to be policing me. You know what I mean? You you don't need to be telling me that you won't bake my cake because I didn't invite you to my wedding. I'm just ordering a cake. You know what I mean? It's like we're over all the bullshit, over it. And I think the young people are the ones, and we're all in this fight. But young people, because it's their world, it's like, it's their world, and it is changing rapidly. And I'm inspired the fact that they didn't let any of that looting and shit get in their way, and they took the narrative back, and they're keeping their protests going, and they're still going. And they're like, you will not change the narrative because you want a fucking Dior bag. Yeah, no, it is. It, and and what's, I, I, like I said, I mean, I, I, I it's our... Racism, they say slavery is our original sin. Racism is, is right there with them. They're born of it. It's, you know, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, but racism is, is, it's not just the United States. It's worldwide, but it is, it is, as I, as I said before, and it was enlightening to me, and I knew it to an extent, obviously, it's embedded in our legislative yep. and cultural DNA. Look, the only thing we have to remember is we went from slavery not to, okay, you're free, to Jim Crow and segregation. Right. That's what we did. We didn't go to, all right, and you help build this country, you're free. We went to, okay, well, I guess, and you can be over here and have what that is until we won it. Right. So all right. What, I, what I would recommend for people to do, for white people to do, um, speaking for all white people, um, just keep educating yourself. Don't, you know, just keep that. That's been the thing that has been a keep alert, keep aware, 
keep your foot on the pedal, you know, keep your eyes focused, but keep educating yourself because the I remember like, okay, I'll be really honest. I'm, you know, a zillion years ago, I would say, I would think, well, my family didn't get here till like the 1920s. So yeah, racism is fucked up, but I mean, I, my family didn't own slaves. My family didn't own buildings. Now that's true. But the thing is my family benefited even being part of an underclass themselves families benefited from things that black people didn't have the opportunities for because of the mere fact that they're being white. So I would just say keep reading. Uh, keep um, A lot of the streaming services have now made a lot of movies that deal with civil rights free so you can watch them. I mean, that's obviously not to be an end all, but we, we do like to get our information that way. I, I mean, obviously vote. I mean, you and I are both on the same page about that. Stop looking to fucking Donald Trump for he's not, he's done. He's done. We can't, you're right, it's like having end-stage cancer. He's not going to do anything for us. Bemoaning that he's like, oh, he's not acting presidential. He's irrational. We knew that already. We knew that already. Get behind Joe Biden. I don't care if he's your favorite person in the entire world. No one's asking you to be friends with him. And then look at all your local races, because those are the things that are making a difference in your town, in your state, and who your police chief is, who is making the zoning laws, your unemployment stuff, all of that. Stop thinking it's just the president. Get involved right, in your local politics. Right. That is where the thing that affects your everyday life is going down. Right. Yeah. So that's right. And stop we they are not going to solve it for us legislation can be passed yes and we can have moments of silence and we do, they are not going to change it they're not going to change it it's a different you know we have to stop going i don't understand why this is happening then do the work do the fucking work and you know and what that's where we'll leave it do the fucking work all right everybody thank you for listening to us Thank you for this is episode. I guess what are we at? I mean, we're at nineteen. This is nineteen. Is this twenty? Wow. No, I think we're one of them. (laughs) I have no idea what's going on, but thank you to listening. Our partner, Listening Party Presents. Follow Listening Party Presents on IG. Go to their website, Listening Party Presents. You listen to our show, a bunch of other great content. Make sure we miss you guys down at the Canal Street Market. We miss Canal Street Radio. Follow us on uh, our Twitter at Finishima, where Amy will keep you in stitches. We're on IG. I'm gonna let you finish in why we have a fabulous Facebook page that we comment we on and we post on very all very the time. Good. I'm gonna let you finish. So yeah, just follow us everywhere. We love you guys. We miss you. We're gonna be back with a music show. We had a really fun show planned, so we're gonna do that show, and we will oh, yeah, see you soon. Peace out. All right. Bye bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 